Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Today we serve you with not an interview, actually. It is just Hussam and I. We hope you didn't miss us too much. In this episode, we would like to continue our payment story journey. Some episodes ago, we talked about cash, how it was put into the economy, how it is used in society and its impact on corporate treasurers. Today, we cover checks. This instrument that Hussam likes to call a boomer's technology. But in certain parts of the world, it is still widely used. In this episode, expect to learn what are checks and the different types of checks, the technical terms used by corporates, treasurers when it comes to checks, the advantage of and disadvantages of using such an instrument, what really happens when you don't have enough funds but issue a check anyway, and much more. If you like the episode, please rate us on your favorite podcast app. It helps us a lot and the podcast as well. And bonus, it makes Hussam and I very, very happy. In other, other news, we published an ebook. If you are dreaming of finding a book explaining the ABCs of corporate treasury, well, do not search anymore. We got you covered. Head to the link in the description to download it. And the best part, it is completely free. With all that being said, let's get on with the show. Hello, Guillaume. How are you doing? Hey, Mayusam. Very good. Thank you. How about yourself? Good. It's nice to just be the two of us again. We've had so many exciting interviews recently. Indeed. It's nice to just to have... Indeed, to do with exciting lineup of guests coming. But exactly. we wanted to jump back into our payment story, uh, as yep. you call it. So going through all the different methods of payments, uh, we've already talked about cash. Super interesting because we actually talked about how cash and bank notes, specifically mm -hmm. when we talk about cash, can actually be a hindrance to corporate treasures, um, yep. which was very interesting and was what definitely my main takeaway. So... Uh, <laughs> Moving on from that, what's next in the story? I think we're going to talk about checks, right? So start yes. from the very basics. What is a check? Yes. So the idea is indeed to continue with the paper-based instruments, and we will very soon jump into the more electronical formats. But checks, um, most of the people may have heard about it. Um, but it's a good question to start with, uh, because in some countries, those are not used at all anymore or since decades. So... Yeah, let's start with a little reminder. So it is what we call in treasury a paper-based instrument. And when I say instrument, I mean payment instrument. It's a piece of paper indicating an amount to be paid on person or entity to another. It is really dated and signed by the person who issues the check. And it orders a bank to pay the designated amount of money to the bearer of the check, the one indicated as the beneficiary on it. And the checks are like boomer technology, we call it. <laughs> very, very old school. So uh, yeah, it's totally. it, you know, I remember we I when I opened my first bank account, I had a checkbook, but I've never oh, had really? one since. Yeah, I was like eleven, I think. Uh I think that's the only time they gave them out. They don't give them out anymore. So it's uh, it's still a practice in the UK, you know, or or, or is it not? Very, like I said, very, very rarely. Very, very rarely. Okay. Like I said, you don't get them anymore. I think business accounts still get them, uh, but uh, yeah. personal accounts, uh, not really. Yeah, 
that would make sense. No, really. Yeah, so, so you... um, to the risk to offend some of our auditors, it's indeed what we can call a boomer technology, but uh, quite handy <laughs> in some situations. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's indeed not the most favorite of, uh, of us uh, right now. So you said the word beneficiary there. What did you mean by that exactly? Like, Yeah, so beneficiary, uh, we already touched upon the, this topic throughout our last, what, 65 episodes, um, is the person who received the money, right? But in the case of a check, there is a certain jargon playing here. I think it's good to um, set up a little bit this, the landscape that we're going to go through. So the person to whom the check is written to is known as the payee. This is the beneficiary, but in the checks jargon, we call it the payee, the persons to pay to. Um, the person writing the check um, is the person paying, and he or she is called the payor uh, or the drawer. And last but not least, an important term is the drawery, which is the bank on which the check is drawn. Okay, so the money is drawn from the bank account of Precisely. the payer. So the payer's bank account uh, the money is drawn from that and credited to the bank account of the payee. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Um, and this is a typical scenario. The other possibility is for the check to be cashed. So what you just described is a deposited check. So you make me a check of $100. Uh, I go to my bank, I deposit it, and the money is created a few days later on my bank account. The other possibility is to have it cashed. So the payee gives the check to the bank and gets physical cash in return. So banknotes, the one we touched upon in our last episode of our payment story. Okay, but what if the person... Uh, did you ever watch the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yeah, absolutely. I felt you were going to come up with this reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in, in, in those, the guy was committing fraud, right? And he was doing that by going around writing fake checks. But mm -hmm. um, he could get away with that because... Um, it was like the check wasn't immediately checked. Or as in like, let's say the payment, the amount in the bank account was not immediately confirmed, right? So yes. it's only reference about how cat checks work. So what if the person doesn't have money in their bank account? So um, those are two really good points here. The cash me if you can thing. So we're going to come to it a little bit later on in this episode, but there are different types of checks. And what was this guy issuing were uh, cashier's checks. So he was um, forging or how do you how do you call it in English when you fake the signature? Correct. and uh, Correct. So he was forging signature word. and the number of the check, uh, making it look like it was an official check from a bank, not a classical check as we are talking about right now. So the cashiers receiving this was indeed, oh, okay, it's an official check. I can I can cash it out directly. I don't even need to check um, if it's if the money is somewhere on the bank account. We're going to come back to it in a second, but that's that's how it went. Um, in the case, the payor doesn't have the required amount of uh, money on his account. And that's indeed one of the issues with the check. Uh, if you compare it with physical cash, for instance, you actually don't know if the person writing your check actually has the corresponding account uh, amount sorry, on his or her bank account. And if that happens, then we call it a bounced check uh, because the check will bounce once deposited at the payee's bank. Um, for the anecdote and the cherry on the cake, the payor will usually have to pay a fee to the bank in case he or she issues a check without the sufficient funds. And that might even be, depending on the scenario, also the case for the payee. Uh, if you come and deposit a check that bounces, your bank might charge you something, but it's uh, very usually the payor's account that is debited for that. Okay, so I'm, and just so that I don't get confused again, the mm -hmm. payee is the person who uh 
is the person that wrote the check, right? The payee is the person receiving the money. So the person to pay to. Yeah. Okay, so usually the payer is going to get charged extra. So the person that exactly. wrote the check, but sometimes it can even be the person that was given the check, not knowing that it would bounce. Exactly. Yeah. That's so you might want to look at that and uh, manage a bit your counterparty risk in this. <laughs> so how do you avoid that check to bounce or check from bouncing? So yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. Um, as a payor, well, <laughs> the the straightforward answer is you can make sure to have sufficient funds before issuing the check as the payor, so the one that is going to get debited the amount. And as a payee, there is not much you can do actually except to ask for a certified check. This one is a type of check where the bank of the payor uh, guarantees there is sufficient funds on the bank account used to issue the check. And in certain countries, the practice is even to um, get the specific amount of money blocked on a different account or like with a specific reference so even if the person tries to withdraw money or then pay with his or her credit card to something else this amount that has been issued for the check will be blocked and so we make sure the amount is paid i don't know if that is the thing in the in the uk but where i come from in france we typically use certified checks for big transactions and especially between individuals for instance i bought my very first second-hand car with a certified check that I gave to an individual so he could be sure that uh, I had the money and the money was going to end up on his bank account. Wow. Okay, Boomer. Okay. Nice to, <laughs> nice to know about, you. Nice to know about was, your check story. Oh, oh, man, it was oh, 10 years ago already. Oh, damn. Uh, I know, 9 years ago. So, yeah, a bit of a Boomer indeed. Okay. <laughs> so it definitely sounds safer to uh, always make sure that you have this uh, a certified check, mm -hmm. uh, especially for the payee, because then he knows or she knows that it will definitely get the money. Exactly. Uh, but also for both of you, because um, you might get the fee as well, right? But what was the advantage of using a check versus just paying with cash, for example? Yeah, so the biggest advantage, and you just named it, it's a kind of a guarantee for the payee, and it's um, compared to physical cash, you avoid also transporting a large amount of, uh, of physical cash. So it's less bulky, and uh, let's say you lose it or you get mugged, uh, it's better to lose a shake than losing, I don't know how many amounts of hundreds of euros in, in cash. So it's much safer to transport, uh, less bulky, and also if you lose it or worse, get mugged, uh, that can happen, not in our beloved city of Brussels, but wherever you are in the world, the holder of the cheque won't be able to get the money anyways because the name of the payee must be written on the cheque and the cheque signed by the payor as well. So nobody can do anything from a cheque except for the payee uh, that is written uh, on the, on the cheque itself. Okay, so you write the person who's to receive the money's name on it. Yes, and they need to what take ID or something like that to prove that they're the person due the money. So I don't think most of the bank branches actually go up till the um, the check of the ID. But yes, in the scanning um, in the scanning system, you also verify the signature, uh, and mm -hmm. it's it's much safer than just just cash for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are, what are the other pros and cons of checks? Why would we use one? 
Yeah, so it is safe. Um, and another perk uh, that, I mean, doesn't come across easily, but you can send it by mail, for instance, without too many risk. I know it's still a, a boomer's technology and boomer's process, but uh, it, it's, still, it's still a fact. Um, and it can be seen as convenient for certain people. I tend to disagree with that. I very rarely have a pen with me, for instance, uh, whereas the need to go to a bank branch to cash it in and so on. That's, I mean, for me, that's, that's cumbersome. But some people see it as convenient when they compare it to cash, physical cash, I mean. And among the cons, though, uh, there are several. First of all, the time to effectively get your money uh, from when you receive the check until the moment it effectively is on your bank account is much, much longer than other payment methods. Uh, so you have the time to bring the check to a branch, the processing time. We will come to it in the second part of this episode. Um, and all this whilst hoping it doesn't bounce. So a lot of cons here. And the other side of it is that it's still paper-based. So other me payment methods now exist that are 100% electronic and therefore much faster, if not real-time. Plus, and again, we're going to come to it in the third part of this episode, but um, corporate treasury-wise, you usually have to pay your bank to collect checks um, as a corporate, usually not as an individual. But So a lot of cons, um, not many pros but it also still is market practice in certain countries and areas of the world. Um, I'm thinking of the US, for instance, France. Um, some corporates need to, to have this kind of payment collections methods. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, proper boomer technology there. You're talking about mailing physical pieces of paper. Nowadays, you can, <laughs> you can Instagram DM a QR code and take a payment. <laughs> True. That's, the... that's, uh, that's another way to go. Well, it depends on the amount as well, right? Um, those technologies sometimes have a limit on the amount. On checks, it's uh, it's much smoother. But still, yeah, I agree. It's um, It tends to disappear, for sure. I think the only way I've ever uh, used a check in my recent history is I think I got a uh, tax return once from mm -hmm. the government, and then they email, they posted me a check. Uh, which yep. I had to go to the bank account and cash in, which took me days, which was incredibly exactly. inconvenient. So, <laughs> so other than these normal checks and these certified checks, mm -hmm. are there other types of checks as well? Or is it just those two? So there are many variations uh, of checks that exist, especially if we look country by country. Um, and you, you named it exactly. Some countries require still to pay taxes by uh, uh, by checks uh, and other specific local requirements, but we're not going to get in the details of this. Um, among the common checks we can find, there is the cashless check. So that's the one we mentioned about Catch Me If You Can with the, the incredible Leonardo DiCaprio. So this starts to be a bit old school, but this is a check guaranteed by the bank of the payor and signed by a bank cashier, an employee at the bank itself. So that translates into the bank being responsible for the funds. And this type of check is also usually used for very large transactions. Another one type of check we can name is the bearer's check. So this is still a bit old school, so I'm going to say this term quite a lot in this episode, but this actually removes the need for the payee to have his name written on the check. So here we are in a case where the bearers of the check allows whomever bears it to go to the bank and cash in the amount of money written on it. So that removes a little bit the, the, the advantage we named earlier, which is uh, only the person who has its name written on it can cash in. The bearer's check is a bit different because anybody can do so. 
And one last that I would like to mention is the post-dated check. This one um, has a cash-in date written on it, and the payee won't be able to get the money transferred before the due date, even if the check is presented before to any bank branch. Way to fulfill um, payments delays and, like, you know, payments accords that you have between two parties. Okay, I'm paying you when I receive the when I receive the merchandise or the stock, whatever, but I'm paying you 30 days later. I'm already going to write you a check, so you're sure that I'm going to pay you, but I'm also going to make sure you can only cash it in in 30 days as our payment terms uh, mentioned. This is a bit the idea here. Mm, okay, so this goes back to our supplier and payment terms conversation. Exactly. Almost. Okay, very, very clear. Thank you, Guillaume.